Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A Super Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Appreciate you either falling upon us or carving out a couple of minutes to listen to your buddy Jody Mack come your way from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it. Rocket can. All right. One of the things we're doing today is talking about teams that want to get where the Bengals and the Rams are, which is in the Super Bowl. Uh, striving to get there for reasons that we're depicting hasn't happened. When can the fan bases in those towns actually expect it to become more of a possibility? Let us take our act to the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Been a while since the Vikings have been in the Super Bowl, and we got to figure out how close they are to actually getting back there after many decades' absence. Here to talk some uh, Vikings football with us is Jim Suan. He covers uh, all things Minnesota sports, columnist for the Minnesota Star Tribune. Jim Jody Mack here. Enjoy your Super Sunday. Thanks for coming on. Glad to be with you and uh, looking forward to this game. My pleasure. Uh, I do want to get into all things Minnesota sports, but certainly at the top, and most importantly, the Vikings. Been a while since they've been to a Super Bowl. How many decades has it been since the Vikings? They were in a bunch when they started this whole Super Bowl thing, but it's been a while since. Yeah, mid to late 70s, their last Super Bowl. They've uh, been to a handful of NFC Championship games since then, and have lost them almost all in tragic fashion. And that's the thing, is that they... It's probably the best winningest NFL franchise that hasn't been to a Super Bowl in that long. Because it, right. it's, it feels like they're almost always competitive. Uh, they always have star players, but they do not make it over the hump. But here's the good news. Uh, a t- couple teams that could be comparable, certainly Cincinnati is going to be one if they find a way to win today's game. They hadn't been there in 33 years, and now they're in the Super Bowl. The rest, the Los Angeles Rams have never won a Super Bowl. St. Louis did, but Los Angeles didn't. Just a couple of years ago, the Philadelphia Eagles had never won a Super Bowl. Is the fan base buoyed by that, or are they annoyed by that, that these other teams are finding a way to get it done and you're still waiting for the first one in Minnesota? Oh, highly annoyed. Uh, Very (laughs) annoyed. Uh, And and the thing is, because this franchise usually has a puncher's chance, this is a very strong fan base. Uh, They travel. They pack the stadium. uh, So they always seem to enter the year with optimism and then they always end the year being crushed, but then they bounce back because listen again, they're usually competitive. As you said, there have been a lot of teams with without a lot of pedigree that have won the Super Bowl or gotten to a Super Bowl recently. And that's the great thing about the NFL. You know, that if you have the right coach, quarterback owner, 
that things can happen, you know. And and even sometimes, I mean, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, a backup quarterback who hasn't had success anywhere else won a Super Bowl. So, so there's the, the cool thing about the NFL is there's always reason for hope. And that's what the Vikings are hoping on right now. But their first step in the right hope direction has to be with a head coach. Who's going to be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings? Kevin O'Connell, uh, now the offense coordinator with the Rams. We'll be watching him with great interest today. He hasn't been a play caller per se, but uh, you know he's a lot of people have really vouched for him. Uh, Vikings had a fascinating list of finalists that included Jim Harbaugh, and they chose a 36-year-old head coach who hasn't been head coach before. Uh, to go with their 40-year-old general manager who has not been a general manager before. So this is a dramatic departure. Rick Spielman had been basically running their personnel department for a decade and a half. Uh, Mike Zimmer was a veteran defense coordinator who had been on this job for a long time. So they are. this is a dramatic departure for the Wilfs to go very young, very inexperienced. And what's really interesting about that is they're doing it with a roster that isn't really – quite ready to be turned over. They have a lot of uh, big money invested in older players. They have a quarterback. I don't think they could get rid of him if they wanted to. So you're, you're seeing them kind of rebuilding their brain trust without rebuilding their roster. All right. The reason that I stated the question the way I did, I know that they've agreed to hire O'Connell as their next coach, but there are some reports leaking out, specifically the last 48 hours, that the coach of the L.A. Rams is contemplating his future. That if he were to win a Super Bowl, he wants to spend more time with his family. I don't know that I buy it, but he's at least dropping hints that maybe he would take a step away from the NFL. And if that's the case, well, the guy who agreed to become the Minnesota coach might prefer to stay and become the uh, Super Bowl champion Rams coach, perchance. Anything to it? We just saw the Indianapolis Colts left at the altar a couple of years ago. Is there any worry of that in Minnesota? I'm not buying it. I haven't heard much talk about that from the fan base. Although, you know, hey, it's the weekend and who knows, you know, maybe that hasn't really gotten out there as much in this market as elsewhere. I really have trouble believing that McVeigh, as ambitious as he's been, would win one Super Bowl and quit when he has a team that, you know, really could go back and win another one, you know, or could could form some kind of a dynasty. So it doesn't make sense. You know, I don't know McVay, so maybe there's something in his personality that would allow him to do that. It would really surprise me. Uh, if he did walk away, then they would be choosing probably between O'Connell and Raheem uh, Remorse, you know, two really interesting uh, candidates. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess that, I guess that you know, that, that's a possibility. I, I have trouble getting my head around it. Jim Suan from the Minnesota Star Tribune, our guest, talking about can the Vikings get a Super Bowl run going here in the next couple of years on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, if O'Connell is going to be there, and uh, yes, the Rams aren't going to be trying to pull him back into the fold as he's walking out the door after either a Super Bowl win or a Super Bowl loss, the Harbaugh thing, when he was there, he sounded like he thought the job was his. It didn't work that way. Then he became a, no, I don't really want to leave Michigan guy. Give us your take on how that all came down. If it was mishandled, if so, by which side? Is it a good thing that he wasn't hired or did the Vikings miss out? I think Harbaugh was a great NFL head coach. He came into a 49er situation that was not I mean, the 49ers were terrible when he took over. Uh, he went to two NFC championship games with Alex Smith, you know, the farthest Alex Smith ever advanced. 
and then uh, substitutes Kaepernick for for Alex Smith in the middle of the season. He comes one play away from winning a Super Bowl. I think he's a great NFL head coach. I've been actually surprised that he didn't do more at Michigan until this year when he finally you know beat Ohio State in the big game. Uh, so I, I think very highly I, I think very highly of Harbaugh as a head coach, as an NFL head coach. Uh, he misread it. Uh, he assumed that if the Vikings were bringing him in to compete with a bunch of inexperienced candidates uh, and in a team that looks like it's kind of trying to win now that, and if they were flying him in on national signing day, that it, the job was his and he just needed to, you know, sign some papers. And that was not the deal. The Wilfs uh, were str- always strongly considering going younger and going, you know, with a kind of an offensive mind. Uh, they were, they, you know, the other candidates they, they interviewed were very young. They really, we're interviewing Harbaugh because Quezio Dofamensa knew him, uh, liked him. They thought it was a good person to have in the mix. And I think if Harbaugh had come in and just blown them away in the interviews, he might have had a chance to get the job. But it was not a rubber stamp deal. He had to win them over. And instead, he came in with the attitude of, hey, okay, you know, where's my desk going to be? So Harbaugh uh, just misread the situation. And it uh, may have cost him an opportunity. It certainly cost him an opportunity. It may have cost him the job. All right, you uh, did touch on the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He said, don't know if they could move him even if they tried. He's still got a lot of money, guaranteed money left on his contract. Uh, Again, he had another uh, Kirk Cousins-type year at times. Good, certain numbers look very good on paper. But, again, not in the playoffs, and that's happened too often since he got there to Minnesota. Um, when the uh, Kirk Cousins era comes to an end in Minnesota, and I'm with you, it's probably got one more year to run on it. How's it going to be remembered? All right, that's unfair to ask what uh, we're projecting what will happen next year. But to this point, how is the Kirk Cousins era been judged? It's fascinating to watch the reactions to Cousins. Uh, I'll, I'll just put my cards on the table immediately. Uh, I thought because they went to an NFC Championship game, with Case Keenum, who played well that year, but really has never had another stretch in the NFL where he played well for an entire season. Uh, they had a great defense at the time. They looked at it and said, hey, okay, Cousins might not be, you know, he might not be a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. He might not be a superstar quarterback. But if we can just add a really talented passer to this team, we have a chance. And it has not worked out. They've won one playoff game with Cousins. Um you know, he, he tends to play uh, poorer the longer the season goes. He, he has been a part of some really big losses in December. Uh, he's always going to find a way to put up numbers that look pretty good. And if you, wa- if you kind of ignore stats and actually watch the game as it develops, watch people running routes, what you see is a lot of times he's very content with the underneath pass, the sure completion. Uh, that's one of the reasons Stefan Biggs wanted out of here. It's one of the reasons Justin Jefferson has sniped him at him at times. It's one of the reasons Adam Thielen and he have had sideline spats. Uh, Cousins loves the easy completion. So that's why he ends up with great stats, and it's why his teams seem to underachieve. Uh, there are a lot of you – know, it's fun to kick around potential trades and other moves. There were really two realistic possibilities with Kirk this offseason. One is play out this one year and make a decision at the end of the year, and maybe he walks away as a free agent. You just accept that. Maybe you're happy to see him walk away as a free agent. Or uh, what seems more likely now, since O'Connell seems to be talking him up, at least behind the scenes, 
extend his contract, lessen his salary cap hit, uh, try to win with him, but also try, you know, give yourself a little more money to build around him and begin the search for his successor, but not feel completely pressured. Because the problem is they don't have anybody else. Sean Mann is not an NFL quarterback. Nope. Uh, Kellen Mond is not an NFL quarterback. They have no succession plan here. Mm, so that would be my question. Uh, you're suggesting that uh, the new coach is willing to go to a war with him for more than just a one make or break, and then we're definitely done type season if the that opinion changes if uh his general manager disagrees with him and says no listen we're 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 start we're new we're starting to rebuild we're going to go another direction any chance they use their first round draft pick on a quarterback this year well i i could see them using the first round draft pick on a quarterback even if they are keeping cousins they need a, they need a young quarterback they need somebody who can be the future and you know I, my, because I'm not as big on high on cousins as a lot of people, I would like to see them just play one more year with him and be able, be ready to get rid of him and to, to draft a quarterback and try to develop that quarterback in the next year. Uh, again, the, the smoke signals we're getting uh, from the Vikings organization are that they're more likely to sign cousins long term and you know lessen his cap hit this year. It also means if you cut him after, let's say you sign him to a a three-year restructured deal, you know, if you cut him after one or two years, it, it doesn't kill you as much as cutting him this year would have cut. It hurt you. All right. Let me lay out a just wild and crazy and wacky scenario, and I need you to give me a percentage as small as it may be that it could happen. Uh, I talked to Grant Paulson from uh, Washington previously. That's another one of the towns written in. Been a while since they won a Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. And he said he doesn't know what they're going to do with their quarterback position. What if the Washington now commanders decide, you know, we, we could take Kirk Cousins back for a year as a bridge-type quarterback. You could trade Cousins to Washington and then trade for a guy named Rodgers. Been down this road before, a great Packer quarterback who says, let me go play a year in, or a couple or two in Minnesota by the name of Favre. How crazy is that potential scenario? It's a lot of fun to talk about. I've had some fun with that topic. What you have to remember is Favre basically had to leave Green Bay, go to New York, then retire, and I'm saying that with quotation marks around it, and then be lured out of retirement. He did not go straight from the Packers to the Vikings. The Packers would not Packers would not trade Rodgers within the division. I'm not even sure they would trade him within the conference. No way they're trading him in the division and facing him twice a year. So well, I've, I've had some fun speculating about how Rodgers could end up in Minnesota down the road. It, it, there's no way it happens that quickly or easily. He'd probably have to go someplace else and then make his way to Minnesota at a future date. Okay. Just, I'm trying to, to paint a fun narrative, but it would be I, fun. Have to, I have to agree with you. It's highly unlikely. All right, uh, if not the Vikings, and it seems like they're a step or two, if not four or five, away from being a true Super Bowl contender. Who's the other team in Minnesota that you would give a puncher's chance in the next couple of years? T-Wolves are playing better basketball. Look like they're going to be a playoff team. Twins always seem to be good enough to make the playoffs, but then they do nothing when they get there. Uh, your hockey squad's okay. If there's a parade to be happening in Minnesota anytime soon, if not the Vikings, who's the most logical? Uh, out of the teams you mentioned, I would say the Minnesota Wild because uh, they have Really good young talent. Kirill Kaprizov is one of the best players in the league. Fiala is a very talented scorer. They have depth. 
Uh, their goaltending is pretty strong. They have strong defense. They're well coached. Um, that's a good team. And the nature of hockey is, you know, you can you can play well and have a puck take a funny bounce and you win. You know, whereas other sports, <laughs> you know, other sports rely less on luck and bounces. Uh, so I could see the Minnesota Wild being a surprise team that go, flies through the playoffs this year or the next couple of years. Uh, they're pretty close to being really, really good. The Timberwolves are way better than they have been, way more promising. They're not anywhere close to the, you know one of the best teams in the NBA. Yet there's not. The Twins won 100 games 2019. They need so much pitching at this point. It would yeah. be a miracle. Uh, they're going to have to build up their pitching staff where they have a realistic chance. Uh, and then the Vikings, I, again, you know, it's going to sound the same theme we've been talking about. It, they are built to be a good team. They are not built to be a great team. And everybody's trying to get to great. All right, you know this better than I. You're there every single day. Fan base in Minnesota, how would you rank the four uh, professional teams, top to bottom, uh, the one that the fan base would go most crazy about if they won a championship as compared to a team that, oh, yeah, they'll all show up for the parade, but then they'll ask the next day, well, let's move on to the next team. Who else are we getting a parade from? How would you rank the four teams? The Vikings are by far the dominant franchise here, right. not close. Uh, I would say number two is the Twins, when they're good, uh, become the number two team. The Twins, when they're bad, become about the number seven team. Uh, <laughs> it's not, really it, not really a baseball town. It's a town that likes baseball when the team is good. They completely – they just – become apathetic and ignore the sport when the twins aren't good. Uh, then I would say the Timberwolves just be, even though this is known as a state of hockey, I think basketball is still a more accessible sport to more people. So I would say Timberwolves, then wild. And we all, and the university of Minnesota, which is popular when they're good, the football team, especially. Right. I, we also have to remember here, this is the home of the Minnesota Lynx. That is the team that has won championships. That is the team that has gone to the playoffs 11 straight years. That's the team with the best coach in town. So the Lynx aren't, you know, listen, they're not as popular as they should be, but they are popular and they do win. And uh, maybe some of their brethren could learn from the Lady Lynx and uh, do something to win more games going up and down, down the road. Hey, uh, great stuff, Jim. I appreciate you coming on board. I hope you enjoyed the game this afternoon. By the way, uh, rooting interest, you're pulling one way or the other here. Uh, I gave you the spiel about the, the Bengals might be a team that you want to see be able to win a championship since the Vikings have been able to get one. Uh, you got a root, rooting interest in today's game? I I like both teams. I like a lot of things about both teams. I like both coaches. I like Matthew Stafford, but I love Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow, I just love the magic quarterback. I love the story. I love the fact that he's never really lost a big game in his life, that he's so, he's that cool, he's that talented. Uh, and, you know, first first number one pick to take the team to the Super Bowl in his first two seasons. I, just, I love the Joe Burrow story, so if I'm rooting for somebody, it would be for him. Well, I hope you get a chance to write it. Appreciate you coming on board with us today. Thank you much. We'll talk to you down the road. Great. Thank you, Johnny. Jim Suan from uh, the Minnesota Star Tribune giving us a look at one of the franchises, one of the towns we'll be talking about. Can the Vikings do what the Bengals did, take a major step up in the next year or two? Going to be difficult. Uh, we still got uh, guys to hop on from D.C., Washington, the now Commanders, we'll check in on their possibilities of becoming a championship contender anytime soon. Oh, and Nueva York, 
Uh, they got a couple of football teams that you could label as a mess these days. A lot yet to come your way on this Super Sunday. I'll keep you tuned to everything that's going on on the field in the big game. Keep it right here with Jody Mack on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.